0: You think you have life figured out? I never feel like I got life figured out. Men have to figure out what they have to do. If you really have an obsession to figure it out, you will figure it out. Figure out who you are, don't apologize for who you are, and then become even greater than you naturally are at what you are.
1: Yo, what's going on everybody? Welcome to episode number 15 of the FitFo podcast, where I have conversations with amazing dads, moms, and thought leaders of all different industries to help me figure out how to be the father I want to become for my young girls. On each episode, I really try to go deep on figuring out a certain topic, whether it's in business or finance, fitness, leadership, et cetera, uh, in hopes to make me a more well-rounded dad while learning along the way. And today, uh, we're going to talk about an area that I think is very timely. Uh, There's lots of layoffs going on, unfortunately, and uh, really for us, it's about helping people get new job opportunities. So today, my guest is Mr. Blake Tease. He shares his wisdom to help job seekers, bringing over 15 years of human resources and talent acquisition experience. He's currently the head of sourcing at Ad Astra Talent Advisors, where he collaborates with high growth VC backed startups in the clean tech and technology industries to really help them build their organizations through attracting high performing team members to create those exceptional business outcomes they're looking for. Along with his professional experience, he's deeply invested in learning more about the HR space, actively holding a PHR and SHRM certification. Um, In this episode, we talk about uh, the power of networking, utilizing LinkedIn to stand out as a candidate, different interview tips that we've seen from decades of experience and ways for you to approach your job search. Now, also as an avid reader himself, he shares some impactful books that can help develop the right mindset you need to thrive in these times of turmoil. So if you or someone you know is looking to land a new job this year, then you don't want to miss out on this tactical episode with Mr. Blake Tease. Today, my guest, uh, Mr. Blake Tease, coming live from Oregon State. Oh, man, it's great to uh, to connect with you, buddy, I'm really looking forward to it. I know we recently just met over LinkedIn, and uh, it's been good to have some fun dialogue just in our industry, talking shop with recruiting, staffing, and what a whirlwind it is right now for people as far as you know, with the layoffs. There's another one rolled out yesterday that I saw a bit, pretty big one. So it seems like it just keeps coming, and that's why I was excited to talk with you today to talk a little bit about you know how can candidates get prepared, how can people be out there to get that next opportunity at such a you know a time that's a little bit tough. So, uh, but before we get to all that, we'd love to get to know you a little bit. Uh, obviously, I've started to follow you and listen along, but for those that uh, haven't heard your name yet, you mind telling a little bit about yourself?
0: Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the opportunity, Brian. And and like you said, really cool to meet you and a fan of what you're doing and, and the content you're producing. It's super neat. But uh, so a little bit about me, everybody. Um, I'm one of those weird kids. I actually got a degree in business with a focus in human resources, and I've been in the human resources practice since 2007 half of that time was in like a hr business partner generalist type capacity and for the past about uh, eight or nine years i've been doing recruiting and talent acquisition uh specifically just hyper focused in that including as head of recruiting and employer brand for a pretty massive uh healthcare company based in the portland oregon area where i where i'm at and um So yeah, really excited to be chatting with you today, Brian, Um, you know, for, for me, I love doing stuff like this and I love bringing value in any way I can to an audience and to your point, you're 100% correct. You know, at the time of this taping, March of 2023, it's quite a dynamic environment from an economic standpoint, not just for people in the talent acquisition field, but really any sort of field right now, it's a pretty fluid environment. So there's a lot of uh, things we'll we can discuss about how to, you know, best set yourself up as a job seeker and as a professional to, you know, weather the storm that is here for so many people. And um, there's certain tactical things that we all can deploy that can help us be the best version of ourselves in the workplace and and uh, rebound if if uh, a negative outcome comes our way. So
1: yeah well i definitely know there'll be some insights you can share with the audience to help them as they go on that hunt so starting there you know recruiting staffing sometimes gets a bad rap but uh what do
0: you think is the biggest misconception of our industry yeah good question um what's what's really funny is this came up in a recent conversation i had with a candidate i think the the biggest misconception is recruiters and other sort of talent acquisition practitioners are experts on the organization that they're with or that they represent or even the job that that people think that these recruiters know the ins and outs technically. I'll be honest with you, I don't. And I've been doing this a long time. Um, so I think that's a, that's a big mis- misconception. So I think as a job seeker, like when you're being interviewed, show that recruiter some grace and, and ultimately to help educate that individual like I was having a conversation be- before we started uh, uh, recording this, Brian, uh, with an individual, just highly technical, uh, mechanical, and structural engineer. And I learned so much from him in that hour just about the basis, kind of like structural engineering 101. And it was really cool for me as a non technical person. So I'd say that's a very large misconception of people in our field. That's number one. Um, but number two, Um, And it depends on the internal versus external recruiter. Um, And this might might ruffle some feathers as it were. My job isn't to find you a job. My job, it is partially that, I would agree. But mostly, I and other TA practitioners, our job is to fill a role at the company that we work with or the client. Kind of depends on the internal versus external recruiter. That's our main focus. Um, So I think those are two big misconceptions uh, that, I guess, folks have of people who are in the recruiting trade.
1: Yeah, I was talking to somebody about that recently, and he actually introduced me to the gentleman that, like, created the recruitment model back in, like, 1960 when he flipped it from candidates, you know, paying recruiters for the service to where recruiters just started to charge the companies for it and how that's kind of changed. But it also mentality has changed. So that way, yeah, candidates think, oh, they're going to keep looking for multiple jobs, multiple jobs for me. It's no, once we get the requirement from our customers, then we're going to go talk to the candidates that we built relationships with that we think are going to be awesome for that particular opportunity or multiple and present them. But I think that's the thing that sometimes I feel bad almost because you're letting people down. They're like, oh, great. I can't wait to hear from you tomorrow. It's like, It might not be tomorrow. I hope it is because that means we got the awesome right opportunity for you. But it very well could be a week from now, two weeks from now. I'll give you an update because I think that's the easiest way to stand out in our industry is just to let them know no news is news. But to let them know it might not happen tomorrow. And I hope you're okay with that because my job isn't just to find you a job today or tomorrow. It's to find you the right job. And that might take a little bit of time.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a key call out, Brian. And I think uh, something tactical, whether you're a job seeker or not even, you know, somebody who's not actively job seeking, something tactical that anybody can, can um, deploy is being constantly proactive and having a list of recruiting professionals, not only at companies that you want to uh, work for or other external recruiters. And you know, constantly engage those folks. So keep that constant dialogue going because if you're top of mind, all of a sudden when Brian has that opening for that electrical engineer in Denver, Colorado with 10 plus years of experience, and Brian knows Blake, who has 15 years of electrical engineering experience, Brian will more than likely engage Blake because I am constantly being proactive and engaging. And quite frankly, being the CEO of, of my career. I mm. think that's that's a big thing that we, the to, the total we, we all have to get better at. And that's where a lot of people get opportunities coming to them is they're taking extreme ownership and accountability for their careers. They're not sitting on their heels, they're leaning forward on their toes and being proactive. I think those are the individuals that have opportunity come to them, and all of a sudden their professional life gets a little easier.
1: Yeah. The people that are producing content, that are putting stuff out into the world just to add value, uh, not yes. necessarily to try to you know, get a gain out of it, but just to hopefully help others. Usually those are the ones that we have our eyes on, uh, trying to make sure that whenever an opportunity comes that might fit them, they're going to be the first people we call.
0: And, and quite frankly, Brian, I mean, that's why I reached out to you for something like this. Like I wanted to be of service to your audience and my audience that I have the, you know, the, the pleasure to produce content for it. It's all about service. You know, that's what it's all about. And, and uh, if, you know, something that you or I say during this time together is that one small thing that somebody deploys for their next move and it helps them get a job, we've done right by people that maybe we don't even know. And that's, that's why we're here, to serve each other. Yeah, Well, and that's the cool part about this industry and this job, right, is we get the opportunity
1: to help somebody every single day. And I think that's why I love waking up in the morning and being able to go uh, do this role, is you never know who you're gonna impact. You never know whose career, whose life you could potentially change uh, by getting them that next opportunity. So what yeah. about for you as you've seen it now, right? We, we've gone through multiple rounds of layoffs these last couple of months. I hope you know, it didn't impact too many of my listeners, but I'm sure it will have. So what are the first two or three things that you think somebody that's recently in the job market needs to do today to put themselves in a better situation for tomorrow?
0: Yeah, great question, Brian. And I think if you asked 50 different recruiters or career coaches, they'd probably give you 50 different answers, but this is my own take. I think first and foremost you know I in in that in that instance I think people they they fire ready aim and what I mean by that they're like oh my god I just got laid off I got to go get a new job as soon as possible and so they they just like slap together a resume and they just go and they apply for everything I would to that I would say Press pause. And and by the way, I'm a type A, go-getter, high energy kind of guy. So for, for me, what I would say is press pause. Understand what you want that next season of your life to be. You know, get really crystal clear about the job that you want to be in, the company, or maybe even the industry that you want to either continue on or maybe pivot into. Basically, what I'm trying to get at is start with the end in mind and then reverse engineer that. Some might call it, what is your North Star? Figure out what your North Star Star is first and then take tactical actions such as tailor your resume towards what that North Star is. You know, um, it's stuff, I, I I would encourage that quite a bit because we live in such a noisy world. Right, we live in this world where information is thrown at us, and I know you and I are are both fathers, so there's a there's a lot of that, like trying to juggle, you know, fatherhood and 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 work and all that stuff. But try as you can, take some time in the classroom of silence, really understand what you want to do next, and what you what that what you want that next season to be, and then chase that with an insati- insatiable urgency. Um, and then also like I said, you know the you know number 234 tactical things tailor your resume hyper tailor your resume pro to those roles in those industries um, Proactively engage with people who are in those industries. And by the way I'm just not talking recruiter guy recruiter gals in those industries. I'm talking to hiring manager. So for instance, here's a tactical example let's say I want to get into the uh, beer brewing industry. That's big here in the Portland area where I'm at. So connecting with, you know, heads of brewing or, you know, brewing operations or even owners and proactively engaging them. Hey you know, via email, reaching out on social, whatever. Hey, my name's Blake. I was recently laid off. I'm taking this opportunity to pivot into the brewing industry. I have this type of experience, but most importantly, here's exactly what I wanna do next. Do you, does your, does your brewery in this instance have those types of opportunities or how can I get involved in this industry? People want, people gravitate toward passion and energy and so I would really encourage anybody that's listening to this, you know, deploy those two, three, four tactical things, and that could really help um, set yourself uh, set yourself up long term. Instead of like fire ready aim, you're really ready aim firing.
1: I haven't had somebody give that analogy in a while, but my first guest, Matt Bedro, did the same thing, and it really did change my mindset of you know how to approach a lot of different. Uh, well, it doesn't matter. Like as a father, as a husband, as you know, job seeker, you know, been fortunate enough to not have to do that too often. But uh to help other job seekers, yeah, it really is uh that aim ready fire versus
0: fire ready aim. What about yeah, another the- another thing I wanted to call out, Brian, I think this is a value and it goes back to our you know comments earlier. Be of service to others. You know, i you know I, I do believe in karma like what goes around comes around like be willing to be of service to others pass along a name, be a connector, give your two cents on so on you know on LinkedIn or any sort of social platform uh, about like a specific topic. you know that really helps. It helps be visible but most importantly, you're doing right by somebody else. Here's a great example i mean i I'm thankfully knock on wood I haven't been haven't had to go into the job market but Great example. I had a guy reach out to me. This is actually a real story. He was um, head of winery operations at a winery out in Dundee, which is about 45 minutes southwest of here, big Pinot country out here in Oregon, right? right? He wanted to pivot into senior living, and he knew I had, you know, had a lot of experience in senior living, and. I was getting out of that, that, that role that I was in for seven plus years, but I took the call because I'm like, you know what? I want to be of service to this guy. He really wants to be in, in senior living. Talked with him, kind of gave him some insights, talked with him for like half hour. is a, It's a half hour conversation out of my day. Eventually, he texted me three, four weeks ago saying he got a job as a life enrichment assistant at one of Prestige Care, my old employer's. Uh, buildings, assisted living communities in Beaverton, Oregon. And that just like, I got nothing out of that. I didn't get paid, but guess what? I didn't care because it was all about being of service. And I firmly believe what goes around comes around and be willing in that situation, Brian and and everybody else, like be of service to others, be connector. And all of a sudden, it's kind of funny, stuff starts happening for you, right? So I wanted to call that out because I think it's really important. Yeah, people helping people, definitely the name of the
1: game. Yeah. I also think of you know when people are starting to get onto that job search, uh, just make yourself you know findable, right? If you're invisible yeah. on social or on LinkedIn. You know, it's going to be pretty hard for you to get uh, recruiters like us uh, to reach out and and you know that you're looking. So just make sure you got that open to work uh, clicked if you really are, but also go in a little bit more depth there. What are you looking for? What are the industries that you're interested in? What are the skill sets that you feel like you bring to the table? And what are some of those hobbies and interests too outside of the workplace? Because you never know um, how that's going to relate to the individual on the other side of the phone or that you're applying for as well. Yeah. So I think LinkedIn is a good place to keep on this thread for you. Where do you tell people to stand out? Like, how do you approach it? If somebody, you know, starts to ask you, all right, Blake, I'm in the market. I haven't had to apply for a job in a decade. Where do I begin with my LinkedIn?
0: (laughs) First off, I'd say they're very lucky if they haven't had to apply for a job in a decade. (laughs) Um, You know, I, I, I love what you said right there, Brian, like, you know, and i use this i use this terminology all the time if you're not visible by definition you're invisible so i think in uh, another kind of tactical example anybody listening this can take is is be ha- have the courage and audacity to put yourself out there let's just kind of stick to the linkedin piece here what does that look like it means engaging in people's posts that you find interesting liking and always commenting putting in your two cents on the topic. Social media is that, it's social, right? And so all of a sudden, when you're putting in your expertise and your viewpoint on this topic, it's, again, it's showing the market what your expertise is. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden when you like and you comment, it's driving people to your page, and be very clear on your LinkedIn page. Hey, I'm open to work. Here's exactly what I'm looking to do in this industry. Oh, and by the way, here's my resume. People like me, people like you, Brian, we can download it and say, and just pick up the phone and call. Hey, I got this really great opportunity, Johnny. I see you, you're interested in being a head brewer in Portland, Oregon. Guess what? I have that opportunity. Let's talk about it. Like you, people like you and I, Brian, we're on the phone all day because we're looking to fill jobs, right? And so have it, make it very clear on LinkedIn how to get a hold of you, put in your email address, put on your phone number on there. And I know exactly what people are gonna say. Well, I'll get spammed and I don't want creeps calling me and on and on. And I, I hear people on that, but I'll be honest with you. I am paid to find information. I can find where you live, your phone number and your email address within about 10 seconds. That's the reality of the world we live in. So I would just say, you know, be visible, like, comment, leave your two cents. Um, And then also post on LinkedIn as well, Brian, about kind of your key accomplishments. Everybody has key accomplishments in whatever space that they're in. Constantly remind your audience you know, the value, your unique candidate value proposition and the value that you've created for your clients or your company that you work for, or whatever the case may be, and do that over and over. And all of a sudden you get eyeballs on you as opposed to being like we talked about invisible.
1: Yeah, What do you think about this new like video thing? And I I think you might even have it on the profile picture, but I just saw for the first time like a week or two ago.
0: And I was like, whoa, how did they do that? Where did that come from? Yeah, I saw that, oh shoot, maybe like a month, month and a half ago. And I was like, that's a a really cool way to like intro yourself in whatever, you know, industry you're in. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do that. So you actually have to shoot it on your phone. You can't do it natively on the computer, but it's like a quick, just 10 second hit. That's a great, great call out there, Brian. That's a tactical example. Just something very small, quick, free that can build the bridge, um, the, 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 the physical bridge that people will see hey, Blake and Brian, they're a human as opposed to just this like profile on here, right? That's a great way to stand out. And to your point, not a lot of people have that. We're in the attention game, especially as a job seeker, you want attention on you so you get more opportunity. That's a great tactical way uh, to get attention. Are you say,
1: uh, seeing recruiters or maybe candidates in this instance actually put, you know, hey, I'm Brian Verdusco. you know, recently in the job market. Here's a little bit about who
0: I am, hobbies, interests, and what I'm skilled with. Are people doing it that way now? no. I've I have and and that's why I think there's undervalued attention there Brian I think that the job seeker who does that can stand out cuz nobody's doing that I mean I I my heart breaks for I fire up LinkedIn every day and it's like oh this person got laid off and you know there's a a you know a a, a post about their thinking the organization and the people they work with which is beautiful it's great but I think constantly reminding your audience, you know, what you wanna do next and the value that you have brought and also the problems you've solved as mm-hmm. well can really help you stand out. So it's a it's a great way to stand out and a great way to get eyeballs on your brand because hardly anybody is doing something like that. Now there is one guy and, and it's funny though, because this guy, I know his name because he comes to mind because he's doing just this. It's this one individual, he's like, I've done this, I've worked at this company, and it's like a daily thing. It's a daily kind of post that he makes. But guess what? Because of that, I know that Peter is looking for his next senior recruiter job because he's he's doing it on a consistent basis.
1: Wow, it's almost like posting to your story or something uh, on Instagram, but just like a mini you got it. Uh, hmm. I'm sure there's people that can use that for other things outside of looking for a job, too, or maybe advertising jobs. Like for us recruiters, you know, job of the day that we just got and you can go post it there and I might have to start experimenting with that.
0: So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think also on that topic, too. Sorry to hop in there, Brian. But, you know, I think recruiters for the recruiters in the audience, we think, oh, we're just going to do this post on LinkedIn once and then our audience is going to see it. Well, guess what? Not everybody is on LinkedIn all day looking Mm -hmm. at posts and due to these pesky algorithms, if I post something, Brian, you may not see it. So I would encourage this for the recruiters in the audience, have the courage to post that job a second and third time. Don't just post it once and say, well, I posted it, I'm done with that post or with that job. You know, do that a second and third time because that can help.
1: Yeah, that's good. I, I can honestly say I usually don't. I post it once and uh, I also, for me, I try to not post, you know, some of my positions because hopefully I'm filling it without having to, you know, post and pray. Sometimes I like to say, but um, yeah, for recruiters, it's it's definitely a good tool. I mean, to get visibility and, you know, with Canva or different avenues nowadays, you can make something quick and easy that can gain eyeballs, which like you said, is attention arbitrage here uh, on LinkedIn. So how about now somebody, all right. I've got the attention. Somebody's called me a recruiter. i have going into that first conversation with somebody like you or I. Uh, how do you help them prepare for that, or what would you tell them to be ready to ask when they talk to the recruiter?
0: Yeah. Um, are you, Are you referencing Brian like good questions that somebody can ask during the interview? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah, that's a good question. And and look, there's no shortage of of questions that you can ask. But you know, I first and foremost have questions. Um, I think that is so imperative here, everybody, um, because it shows that you're coming correct, that you prepped for your interview, that you give a dang about, about the company and the role and the recruiter's time, for instance. But, you know, some tactical questions that, that would really stand out that are very thoughtful could be something like, I'm just kind of spitballing here, but, you know, if given the opportunity to serve in this role, what is the biggest business problem that this group faces and how can I help solve that problem? Mm. Because it shows that you're proactive, that you want to solve problems, that you want to find resolution and move forward. Right. Um, I think another great question that anybody can ask in any sort of interview, whether it's, you know, for whatever, whatever type role, you know, tell me about the leadership style of the person i'd be reporting to because it's incredibly important for me and my supervisor to be on mission together to achieve a business outcome tell me about that individual just stop talking let him hear you know just listen to what is being said because and, and to that point i mean so much of our career and the success at an organization and beyond. Depends on our supervisor. Will that person advocate? Will that person champion? Will that person enable greatness in you? Um, it's just so crucial. And I'd encourage everybody make sure you ask a lot of questions about who your supervisor would be. That's just so crucial. You know, I think a third and final, uh, you know, well thought out question that one could ask would, you know, it would be, you know, something to the effect of, you know, I am. Constantly looking to better myself, I firmly believe I never arrive. You know, I understand I'm being—you uh, know—we're we're talking about this electrical engineer three role. I want to be a manager, and here's why I want to be a leader. I want to serve people. I want to create positive change, etc. Tell me about the upward mobility here because I want to come in and bring so much more value than what's expected of me, and I want to keep moving up and really diving deep into an organization. Yeah. shows a go-getter type A like I want to solve problems, I want to, you know, invest in an organization and that organization will invest with me. I mean at the end of the day, and I was having I was having dinner with a couple buddies last night. Work work is it's an exchange of time. It's an exchange of time for financial resources. And so during that interaction and that relationship, it has to in order for it to work both sides have to play play ball together, and both sides have to solve the other person's problem, right? And so, um, yeah, I would encourage those three questions. And There's no shortage of questions out there, you guys. Just Google best questions to ask a recruiter. You can find a whole mess of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you said it. Uh, ask questions. Be prepared.
1: Be engaged. It shows that you care. But I like the humbleness aspect that you did too, right? Because we've all made mistakes yeah. in our careers. There's all things that we can get better at. And if you can admit those and talk about what you are striving to get better at, then they know who you are. They know what you're going to be working on. And maybe you have interests that you know are actually similar to where the organization is trying to go. Maybe it's, you know for me, it's all about technology, right? Maybe it's a new technology that... Uh, is not commonplace in the market yet, but you're really interested in it and you're playing with it, you know, in B time, so to speak, after hours, just to understand maybe it's chat GPT, right? I mean, everybody's talking about it, but there's multiple ways that you can add value by leveraging the power of AI. Um, And so how are you thinking about that? What could you bring to the table that's not on your resume or maybe not even what they're hiring for? So just a, a couple extra thoughts.
0: Yeah. Let me ask you this, Brian. I'm going to flip the question back to you. What's like one question that a candidate could ask you if you heard it, you would say, that was an awesome question. This person has dialed in. What's what's a question you know that somebody could ask you that would really resonate with you? To me, the
1: biggest thing people can do is their research. So I don't care what the question is, but if they've looked at my LinkedIn, if they have looked maybe they know who the customer is because we've already had that discussion they've looked at the organization's uh, website and say i saw this happening at xyz organization would this be interacting with that because i'm super passionate about the innovation collab that they're building uh is that close to this because i would love to you know that sphere of work just showing that you've done your research
0: to me is, is how you impress me the most yeah yeah i also get the sense brian that somebody that shows you know, a lot of passion and energy in the dialogue would would resonate, uh, is that a pretty accurate summation on my end? Yeah, you know,
1: I've been in tech for a decade, so yes and no, I don't need the biggest energy in the room, uh, you know, especially when I'm talking to software engineers or architects, you know, it depends on what yeah. level they're at, uh, but sometimes they're maybe a little bit more introverted, not always, that is a little bit of a stereotype, and I've met some really cool people um, doing this, but, you don't have to have a lot of energy to be enthusiastic about what you're doing and what you're pursuing in Mm -hmm. my mind. And so, you know, I love, you know, having people tell me and educate me, helping me learn. You mentioned it at the beginning, mechanical engineering, like I wouldn't have no idea where to start, but I guarantee you I could fill a role because uh, I could ask thoughtful questions to them. Uh, And if I walk away where somebody teaches me a new skill or something about their profession that I didn't know before I walked into that conversation, I'm sure they could do pretty well when they're actually in a job interview and, and hopefully they can make an impact when they're actually on site. You can hear my little. Yeah, voice. no doubt, no doubt.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I am used to that. <laughs> oh man, my one and a half year old. So, uh, and obviously, being a father, I thought it'd be fun for us to talk, uh, not just about you know career advice and LinkedIn, and this is tactical stuff I'm hoping people can take away. Uh, but you know, also as fathers, we had a fun little chat. Ethan, your little one, right? Ooh.
0: Yeah, yeah, little little baby E. He's uh, 95th percentile in height, though, so I guess he's not very little. <laughs> Isn't it so funny how they list
1: it that way? It's like, I don't know, you start ranking people at such an early age. I don't know, there's something weird about that. Oh, I know. But I'm always proud, don't get me wrong, I always do that. I talk about 97th, 95th, whatever percentile it is, and I'm like, <laughs> man, we're already grading them? Come on,
0: let's think about this a little bit differently. Yeah, well, I'm happy. I'm I'm with you on that. Uh, although I I will say I, I, when we we took him to his latest appointment, like I could tell he was you know taller than a lot of um, a lot of the kids at the at the little baby gym that we take him to. Like he's he's pretty tall for his age, and I was like I was putting on his shoes one day. I'm like, gosh, I can't even like reach down that lot that long. Your legs are so long, and so it it made sense that uh, the doctor said, oh yeah, he's 95th percentile on height. What's wild though, Brian is. I'm six foot, man. I'm not that tall. <laughs> I, I'm five
1: ten and a half on a good day. So, yeah, for me. But both of my girls are in the ninety percentile. My wife is fairly tall, uh, but her father's like six four, almost six five. So, you know, I'm hoping yeah, that yeah. they get his height. Uh, but my athleticism is what I say. Although it's probably not. Yeah. so uh, how about interview prep real quick we've gotten past the recruiter stage people have been discovered on linkedin Uh, what's the best interview question that you've heard asked by a hiring manager that maybe you can shed some insider info to the candidates out there
0: wow okay that's a that's an interesting question brian so what is the best question that i've heard a hiring manager ask a candidate and this Ooh.
1: can be agnostic.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, the majority of my career has been in healthcare recruiting, but I have you know experience in the financial sector as well as obviously engineering most recently. But um, I'm trying to think of a, a good question that I've that I've heard a hiring manager ask. You know, I've I'm not too keen on these interview questions that like they're meant to trip people up. Like, I understand the heart of it. It's like figure out how somebody. Handle stress. Like, I understand that. But at the end of the day, I think we as hiring authorities, whether it be a recruiter or a hiring manager, our job is to enable, like, pull out the greatness in people. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's just more of a comment on my end. But, you know, I'd say the, 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 the best question I've heard, and maybe this is just me saying this, but so the, the one that comes to mind is why should we hire you? Because mm-hmm. and I say that it's that's good. It's because, you know, for, I as a hire and I, I've hired recruiters, <clears throat> I've hired probably 10, 12, 13 recruiters in my day to, you know, that would report to me. But um, I want to know if somebody can sell. Now, this is very recruiting specific, though. So maybe it's a bad example. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think most hiring managers want to know that who they're bringing on to their team is somebody who is, is proud of what they've done, that they're passionate about what they've done, and then they can articulate that. Um, but it also shows a level of confidence as well. And people want, regardless of what job you're interviewing for, people wanna hire confident people who they've either A, done this thing, or B, if they haven't done this thing, they're confident in their own abilities to take on a new skill or a new task. Um, confidence I think goes a long way um, so that's what I would say that's a re- actually a really good question
1: <laughs> well there's so many different ways to go and I'm always curious to hear because you know I've attended yeah. thousands of interviews at this point and yeah you can't pick out one question it's hard to remember which one stands out uh, I always like those off the wall ones and yeah, it depends on the level of role some of them people don't take it seriously but you know like how do you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and like you know it's little silly stuff but you know, some high-level people, they're like, are you kidding me? You're asking me that? It's like, okay, that guy's not humble. That individual thinks that they're above being asked questions that maybe they think somebody else should be doing, right? And you're like, "Hmm, okay, let's start to peel back that onion. Or if you get somebody that's like, well, uh, Blake, what kind of jelly do you like? First of all, and are you a crust guy? Do you want smooth or you like crunchy? Like, you know, who's my audience? Is my three year old because she likes it way different than my mom does. And uh, so I can make you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but I need a little bit more details, right? And so uh, it's a, a funny analogy, I think. But, you know, just hearing how people think is what I like to get to yeah. as early and often as I can in an interview uh, because it doesn't really matter uh, what, you know, obviously you have to have the tactical skills to. To do the job but also how are yeah. you just solving problems and how are you dealing with people because you're going to get asked to do things that you think you shouldn't be asked to do. Yeah. But can you handle it?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And by the way, my answer to that is raspberry preserves with chunky peanut butter croissant. Yeah.
1: There you go. <laughs> oh, I like it, man. So uh, another thing that I wanted to learn from you, because I've seen you know, in the SHRM, I've seen the certifications. Tell me a little bit more. Yeah. Like, I've been a practitioner for a while in the staff and recruiting game, but I've been agency side, not internal, uh, and not as much in the yeah. HR space. So maybe there's somebody out there that's like, I think recruiting would be awesome. I love connecting with people. Maybe it's time for me to go down that path of my career. What would you tell them to go get from a certs or, you know, degree perspective that you think would help give them a leg up?
0: Yeah, that's, well, first off, in in the taping March of 2023, it's dang near impossible to get a recruiting job right now because there's so many talent acquisition practitioners who are a lot a lot more seasoned than you and I that are out there that are that are looking for work. It's pretty crazy. But um, but I, I think I'm gonna answer this in two different ways though, Brian. I think relative first off, the heart of you know, the heart of the question relative to education and certs for recruiters, I I'm very rare. A lot of talent acquisition practitioners, first off, don't have certifications, any sort of HR certifications, let alone an educational background in like business or marketing or something similar. That's actually very rare. In fact, Mm -hmm. I'd venture to say, I don't have any data to lean back on, but I'd say if you did a poll of like 100 talent acquisition practitioners, I would bet you about 60% of them don't have any sort of degree with any sort of business background or marketing or anything like that. So I think to answer your question directly, I don't think you need Sort Certi- of I don't think you need specialized education. I don't think you need specific certifications You see a lot of that in in this industry now I think part two to my answer here and this is for the general audience not you know recruiting and staffing practitioners I have those certifications here, Here's exactly why I keep those up the phr. I've had for 12 years the sherm cp since 2015 and I've kept them up with the continuing ed credits and whatnot Any sort of certification that you can obtain in your desired industry, whatever that is, if you have that certification and keep it up, it can only help you. And it can only put you in a different bucket of applicants for a very um, uh, competitive role, all things considered that could be that small 1%, that small differentiator between you getting an interview, you not getting an interview, you getting a job offer and you not getting a job offer. That small 1%, to use James Clear, the author of Atomic Habits, one of my favorite books, you guys check it out if you haven't, please, it's awesome. It can be that small slight edge, that small 1% that can get you the outcome that you seek. So I would encourage anybody, again, back to my comments, find your North Star and then reverse engineer. Who are the experts in this industry? Engage those people. Do they have X certification? Great, go get that certification because it can only help put you in a different bucket of candidates, which can only help open up more doors and eventually get you the outcome that you seek.
1: I like it. Yeah, I always, you know, say that as well as far as like getting certifications, people ask, is it really worth it? Not always, but if you really in a competitive job market, there are little one percent differences that can set you above that other individual like you mentioned. So I just wanted to highlight and double click on that. And it doesn't matter what your profession is, right? It could be recruiting, it could be HR, it could be, you know, AWS and whatever the situation may be. I think
0: Yeah. Uh, and, and- go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say, and on that topic, Brian, I mean, you know, during economic downturns, you saw this a lot And when you and I graduated college, right? The 07, 08, 09 season. So many people didn't go into industry, they um went and got a master's degree in in whatever. Mm-hmm. I would really encourage people, if you're gonna go and take that next step in education, like a master's or whatever degree, you gotta get really crystal clear as to what the heck you're gonna do with that degree. Cause you're gonna burn a lot of time and tens of thousands of dollars to get it. So you gotta make sure the juice is worth the squeeze. And during this time, during this economic downturn that we're in and the and the winter that is coming, not to be glasses half empty guy, uh, but you know, you're know you already seeing it and have been seeing it for the past about six, nine, 12 months. Right. Um, make sure that the financial juice is worth the squeeze cause you don't wanna be riddled with debt for the next four decades of your life, getting a degree that you end up not using.
1: Yeah, man, such solid advice. Uh, yeah. So
0: what other books are you reading?
1: It looks like you've got a couple behind you. James Clear, obviously one of my favorites as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I'm, I am I must admit, Brian, I, I get the sense that you and I are kindred spirits in, in this way. I, I only read like self-improvement, self-actualization books or podcasts and stuff like that. So, for instance, I'm actually just looking over here at this other bookshelf. I have a couple books from ex-Navy SEALs, Rich Divinity. Uh, Rich Divinity wrote a book called The Attributes. Uh, I just read a book from one of my favorite podcaster speakers. His name is Ed Milet. Check out his book, The Power of One. Awesome read. Um, check out Ed's work. Um, you know, I also look at... Um, uh, the late Trevor Moad, he was um, Russell Wilson, the co- former quarterback of the Seattle um, Seahawks, now of the Denver Broncos. He His his thesis, Trevor Moad here, his thesis is all about staying neutral. So like neutral thinking. He wrote a book called Getting to Neutral. Um, mm-hmm. I love that. I read that recently. Um, and just really uh, another book, Essentialism is a great book. Greg McKeown wrote that one. Um, I actually, if you go on my LinkedIn page, I actually wrote a blog article, like here's what I read this past year and here's why you should read it too. You should probably check that out. But, uh, anything by, you know, from Ed Milet or, you know, Rich Devaney or, or Jocko Willink, you know, um, stuff, stuff like extreme ownership and the dichotomy of, of leadership. Those are two books by ex Navy SEAL Jocko Willink, uh, just really resonate with me because, I think so much of life is battling the mental game. And, mm. you know, I battle it every day just like everybody else. And I think those that can really master themselves, not to get too philosophical here, but who can master, you know, the head, the feelings, etc., those are the ones that can really stand out. And those, this type of content, you know, from authors, you know, like ex Navy SEALs who they overcome their, mo- their mind more so than their body. Um, that really resonates with with me i like it man X- extreme ownership it actually just came
1: up on my last recording of a podcast too and and he was amazing so uh just an incredible person but uh yeah it's, it's yeah. what's next uh for me so i'll have to give it a read and i'll send you my synopsis we can uh chat a little bit more about that. But yeah, this has been great, man. I think a tactical episode is what people needed right now. What can they do for their LinkedIn? How can they start preparing for interviews? And if you need more insights, I know Blake's there for you. If you guys have questions, he was so generous with his time for me. I know he'll be with others as well. And it's just fun to see the content you're putting out. Keep doing it. Uh, I'll definitely be following along and just wishing you nothing but the best in 2023. hope you can uh, weather that storm that is coming and uh, good luck at Ad man.
0: Yeah, thanks for the time, Brian. Really enjoyed the dialogue. Good stuff.
1: All right, buddy. And that's a wrap for episode number 15. Man, was it fun for me to talk to another dad in my profession and discuss ways to serve others that may be out there on the job hunt. So if you want to find more from Blake, please check him out on LinkedIn, where he shares his Blake Bites for job seeker tips. Uh, you can also find him on Twitter or Instagram at Blake in the P and W. Uh, that's for the pacific northwest obviously a big oregon state guy as he'll always say go beeves. Um, and as always if you like the show it would fire me up for you to share this episode with your favorite father parents or in this case job seeker uh, also please hit that subscribe button give a five-star rating or leave a review to tell me what you thought so again thanks for tuning in now go be great and go fit some shit out